and it, so it was just a hobby. Yeah. And then what? And then the way I went to architecture school actually was because a friend of mine who's an architect saw one of these little models that I was making in my apartment, and he was like, "Oh, I need to introduce you to my friend. He's the dean of architecture at Kent State." Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I don't know what he's gonna say to me. It's just a stupid little model." And I, anyways, I made an appointment and I take this little model down to this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, you should be an architect. Beautiful. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm home. <laughs> For example, I recently, the ones that we sent to, um, to Glasgow, those were autographed by Steven Gerrard and yeah, James Yeah, I Pavlik. saw that. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we started to add, like, you know, the color palette on the outside edges so that the clubs can get them autographed. official intro um but i'm really excited to have you david if for people that don't know what you do can you give us like a brief kind of description of what you do yeah man so um i'm uh i, I have a master's degree in architecture so technically i'm an architect um i'm also kind of an artist i'm a huge sports fan um and i make stadium related art that's kind of it, it comes from this place of um it's like the piece of memorabilia that I always wanted when I was a kid, but never existed. So I make these pieces of stadium art, um, yeah, that are unique and fun, and and it's kind of meant to um, capture these these moments in history and these moments within our communities and our families and our friends and our like groups that we all think so fondly of, right? Like we all look at our club stadium as, as like a second home. And I've always thought that these are really special pieces of architecture because they hold all of the, all of your memories, right? And like, if you grow up in a nice house and you have all these great memories with your parents and everything, like those memories are, are cool. Um, but once you move out of that house, it's somehow different. Right. But like my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago and I can go back to my favorite baseball team stadium and you can like feel him sitting next to you. And that's really special. And those kinds of things don't happen in every building. They happen in stadiums. And so I find these I find them to be really special buildings. And so I kind of try to memorialize those things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of agree so much with that because even when I went to a Valencia game, I'm not a, I, despite the kit, I'm not a Valencia, let's say, hardcore <laughs> fan. But the moment we got in and, you know, you f just hit, you, you know, the, the stadium kind of hits you when you come in through the door, right? You see the whole surroundings, you see the lighting, the, the, the TV, ever, the, but then what ends up happening is like you see the people around it and like you can tell what it means to them to be, at their local and like it's hard like kind of maybe maybe it's just me but like i get like a little watery like i get kind of emotional I do like, too. like it doesn't matter if it's not my team i just know that this place means so much to so many people so for me it's just right like, i'm just happy to be almost a fly on the wall like I, I of course i paid for the ticket but like for me it's such a unique experience at every game that's why i love going around the world and i love 
watching games in the most random places. Like, I'll go to Jamaica and watch a soccer game there. It doesn't matter to me. No, I'm a, I'm exactly the same way, and it's just – it's so special, and it's this – it's this thing where we as football fans have this outlet, right, and this camaraderie, and – and it's so it's so obvious and it doesn't matter where you come from and it doesn't matter what, what who your club is. It just matters that on a human level, you can see that in other people. And I think that's so beautiful. And you don't need to be a fan of that club to appreciate that. Right. You don't need to you don't need to be a Valencia fan to walk into the Valencia Stadium and see it and, and, and understand it and experience it, because on a basic level, it's so human. That's the, that's the beautiful thing for me. And, and again, like going back to what I do, it's about capturing that and memorializing that so that you can put it on your desk or you can hang it on your wall and always like have that with you, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you because you kind of a little bit, I've seen online talk about your past job and sales and kind of like, this is almost like a, you know, a second career, maybe not a second career, but a career that yeah, you kind no, of went is. back to, is it? Yeah. Can you yeah. tell me more about what you were doing before and like maybe, you know, what that journey was like to actually becoming an architect? Yeah, for sure. So I've always been um, kind of a creator in various different ways. Um, I, I play guitar. Um, I like to draw. I, so I've always like had artistic side of myself. Um but I went to school for communications originally and I was in sales forever. And I just kind of got to a place in life where I was like, you know, I do well and I was successful, but I wasn't happy or really like inside. I wasn't really content. And so I made the decision to go and get an architecture degree. Um, and my original plan was not to do this for a living. In fact, my original plan was just to do this as like a way to get into some of the stadium architecture firms. And over the last four years, these little models that I make have kind of like taken on a life of its own and it's exciting. And it's, um, I'm really grateful because, you know, I have, I have now I have friends in Amsterdam, in Marseille, in Dortmund, in Glasgow, in Manchester, in Belgrade. And like that, it, it, it goes, it, it speaks directly to what we were just talking about where it's like, it, it, it doesn't have to be my club for me to see it. Right. It doesn't have to be your club for you to see it. And so to be, to be like even just a little part of that community even just for like a couple of days, it's so cool. And I, it, 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 it brings a tear to my eye. Cause like, I feel so grateful for that because I can, I can have like my little corner of my life that includes a little bit of Belgrade and a little bit of Dortmund and a little bit of Amsterdam. And like, that's like, it's so cool. I'm, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's very really. relatable with me because I was my first career, first job was engineering, and I was also kind of in the same place as you. Like I wasn't as I was making good money. I wasn't just fulfilled, and I was always doing YouTube on the side. You know, started like five years ago making my own content, and from that I managed to get another job that's completely remote, completely like YouTube related. Allows me to move to Spain, something that would just wouldn't be possible with an engineering job. So I. Yeah, I fully no relate course. with you on the second career path. But what I wanted to know specifically was 
when you started going into architect school, right, did you have an idea in mind already to start using that knowledge for stadiums or did this kind of just happen along the way when you were on the internet, you saw stadiums or, or, or what? No. So I've always been a stadium nerd. Um, and I actually was building little models of stadiums when I was a kid. Out of Lego? And or? I just, yeah, Lego, but I was also doing them like out of cardboard. Wow. <laughs> and so I, but I never did anything with it. Right. And then, well, there were some things that happened in my life and I, I needed a hobby and my friends and family were like, oh, you should make another stadium. Remember when you used to do that when you were a little kid? And I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. And it, so it was just a hobby. Yeah. And then what, and then the way I went to architecture school actually was because a friend of mine who's an architect saw one of these little models that I was making in my apartment. And he was like, oh, I need to introduce you to my friend. He's the dean of architecture at Kent State. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't know what he's going to say to me. It's just a stupid little model. And I, anyways, I made an appointment and I take this little model down to this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, you should be an architect. Really? And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about this. And he like shows me around the building and he's telling me about the, the program and everything. And yeah, one thing led to another. And I was like, all right, you know what? This is actually a really good idea. Let's do this. <laughs> it seems so obvious, it, it, but it never is never obvious until you have someone else or some sort of exactly. awakening, right? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I was never planning on doing these little models like permanently, right? It was in my mind, it was okay. I'm going to go to architecture school. I'm going to get a degree in architecture. And then because I do these little stadiums, once I'm graduated, then I can apply to the firms that build stadiums and design stadiums. And I can be like, look how passionate I am. See, I make these little models on the side. But then COVID happened and the architecture job market got really bad for about a year. And in the process, I made all these other connections and talked to some business people. And so we're actually launching Stadiums for Ants as a full real business out of Amsterdam. And that's why I'm moving. Um, yeah. So basically the story is that we, we sell these directly to the clubs um, and they use them as fundraising mechanisms. So for example, we sold, um, we sold two models directly to Rangers. Um, and with those two models, they raised about 25,000 pounds. Wow. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And, I, and again, that's all for their charity, right? They have a charity foundation. And so the money goes to, you know, helping refurbish um, the, the, the football fields that they, that they have around Glasgow for youth and for all these other, you know, programs that they're involved with, with uh, the NHS um, so it, it's just like, like the whole thing is just for me, it's just like super feel good, right? I get to do what I love to do. I get to make friends all over the world. Um, and we get to use these things to, to raise money for charity. So it's Crazy. like, this yeah, is it's great. a home run really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Did you, when you started making these, did you in your own head, like think, wow, this is really good. Or like, did you have no basis on, on, on the quality and before, you know, you could sell it and all that kind of stuff. No, I had, I had, I had no idea. And to be honest with you, like there are times where I still sit here working on them and I'm like, no, this is not good enough. Really? But they all, but you, you know, this is, but this is the, this is the effect of life. Like it doesn't matter what you do. You're always your own harshest critic. Right. Sure. So yeah, it, it, listen, man, I, 
I I get a lot of messages on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, we love your stuff. It's so interesting. And, and, and I'm so grateful for that. But I don't always feel it myself because I'm always I always want to make them better. You know, so there's always that part of me that's like, no, this isn't quite good enough. <laughs> I, that's a, that's with every creative pursuit. You know, you always think you can do better, but you can't really do better until you make the first couple of models and you get better from those. You don't get better right, just exactly. by constantly trying to fix the same thing, right? Like, exactly. That's how you, you hit a wall, and then you can you can't really go from there. Right. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna ask you: Can you run me through? what the process is for, for designing one of these, let's say from the original ones that you first started out and then maybe like how it is today. Yeah, of course. As a matter of fact, you want, you want to get crazy here and I'll do a screen share. Yeah, please. Let's do it. All right. So I use the first thing that we do in terms of process. Um, I use a piece of software called Rhino 3d, which is one of the things that I learned in school and Rhino 3D is just a pretty basic 3D modeling software. So has that been around is, for a while, Rhino 3D? Is or is that like a relatively new? Uh no, no, it's been around. It, it's actually been around for like 20 years, but it gets better and better and better over time, you know, and they improve it all. So this is our Maracana. Yes, this is what I wanted. This yeah. is it. So this is just kind of how it. Wait, wait, hold starts. up! You're, you're you're sharing, but not your main. You're sharing your another desktop. Oh, am I not sharing the right one there? Oh, we there go. we go. Very good. Yeah. So, like I said, this is this is the Maracana, and this is um. You know, am I even in the right one? Yeah, this is fine. So this is how, like, ba ba this is basically how the whole thing starts. So we start with um, a map of the area. Right. And we Photoshop that up and make sure that it's the right size and everything. And then we just kind of use that, uh, you know, to build out the stadium. And this is the, my favorite thing about this one is that it's on this. You've got this really awesome slope, right, that the whole thing sits on. And that's such a challenge for me, you know, because most of them are, are on a flat piece of ground. And so I was really excited to do this one because that's architecturally challenging, right? Like to make a model of it is 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 even more challenging. And so I was super super stoked to do this one in the first place. Um, yeah, and then you know we build out the frame and make sure all the pieces parts are there. Um, and then each of these parts either gets cut out of um, a heavy duty paper. It's called Bristol board. It's kind of like a poster board. Um, but it bend, it bends really well, but it's still pretty rigid. Um, or mo or some of the parts get three d printed. Like so, for example, the whole roof system is three d printed. These are individually three d printed, and then these are painted, and then these are painted, and then we put it all together, kind of like a model airplane or a model car or something. Um, and then this one in particular has a little special thing going on. So this piece right here, Right, that sits under the Delia. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is actually a system of three chambers that we're going to pump red smoke through. Oh, hell yeah. I, <laughs> I heard about this in one of your other streams that you did, and I was excited to. I can't wait for that video to come out. So 
I'll definitely. Keep well, I've that. never do, I've never done one with smoke before, so I'm really excited <laughs> to see how this goes. <laughs> this this seems like a really daunting task for someone as newbie as me in architecture. So, what about like dimensions and stuff, blueprints? Where do you do you get that kind of stuff, or how does that work? Um, so Google's actually really, really good about giving you dimensions and clarity on scale and things like that. Um, so I don't really need actual plans. I do most of it by eye. The challenge is the challenge is getting it so that the human eye looks at these pieces and says, oh yeah, that's correct. Right? Because if you're because if the because if one piece is not scaled properly compared to another piece. And, you know, obviously when you shrink something down, you have to take some liberties, right? You can't just shrink it down and make it absolutely perfect to scale. Otherwise, you know, like for example, these trusses in real life, they're probably not even one meter, right? It's probably not. It's probably one and a half meters, right? Like this span right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? In real life, that's not that big. No. Right. But in re but in the model, it has to be big enough to to build it physically. So that's really the challenge. And what I do is like finding that balance where you look at it and, and your brain thinks, oh, yeah, that's correct, even though it's technically not to scale. It's a bit of an illusion, you would say. Right. Yeah, kind yeah. of. But this is but this is something that I wouldn't have like I maybe I had part of me that was like inherently kind of good at that. But I got so much better at that by going to architecture school because that's the kind of thing they teach you. You know what I mean? It, it, can you specialize in a software that's specifically for this kind of stuff for stadiums? Or is, is, was it more like open-ended? And So it, it's interesting because every school teaches a different piece of software. And there's a bunch of different pieces of software that do exactly what this does. Well, not exactly, but, you know, very. there's similar. There's probably four or five different pieces of software that do this basically the same thing my school taught us rhino mm -hmm. so once they taught us the software it was basically like go use whatever you want just we had to produce drawings and renderings and images and models at the end so we just Rhino's just a tool right it's not specific to stadiums it's not even specific to architecture it's just a way to model things in three dimensions like for really? example if yeah, look, I mean, if we hide that, you know, we could just yeah, build a box, right? And that's <laughs> right. it. Or, you know, you want to do like a... It can be as basic a, as you want almost, right? Yeah, look, you know, we can build a sphere and then you can plop it inside of it. And, you know, like, it's just, it's just yeah. basic 3D modeling. And once you've learned how to model things in the computer, right, then it becomes simply about what's the best tool to use to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Okay. So that's the software end of it. How long does yeah. that usually take? Because I remember in one of your streams, you were talking about this Maracana, the specific stadium in like December. So what's yeah. the time frame well, for one of these? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, well, so it's interesting. Um, the, the modeling usually takes 20 to 40 hours I would say it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a regular one week of work, right. To get it totally done top to bottom. It's about a week. Um, then, then building it in real life takes probably another week. So, 
you know, so this is part of, this is also kind of goes back to like my business strategy, which is why I sell them directly to the club because they'll order two or three of them. And then I'm only doing the digital once a month. Right. I gotcha. Right. Because if I'm selling them to like individual people and they're like, well, I want this one and I want this one and I want this one. And all of a sudden my workload doubles or triples because it's just the, the digital part of it takes so much time. Right. Do, do you enjoy the digital part more or the physical part more? I, both of it both is of fun. It, yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Bo- both parts of it are really fun for me. So I, that, yeah, it, that, that part, it does, it's not that it bothers me. It's just like, you know what I mean? There's only so much time sure. and, you know, in order to kind of like maximize everything. Oh. No worries. Sorry. Sorry. There was a phone call. No worries. Uh, we can you know go what? back. Yeah. If you, unless, I, you, unless something, something else you want to show me, we can go back to. Yeah, no, I thought I had, there was another one. I don't think that was the right 3D model. There was another one. Because I think you are missing the lights there, right? That's. Yeah, and I'm missing the. The, the building, next, building to next to it. Yeah, yeah. No, there was another one. Oh, this one? Maybe? There we I, go. Yeah, let's. This is the latest and greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did it go? That's another thing I guess I wanted to ask you is like what makes you determine what buildings around the stadium you're going to keep? What what buildings around the stadium are of significant of significance? So that's a really good I mean that's just research, right? Yeah. Like that really just comes down to research and and this is part of this this is also the fun part about like doing it on Twitter and making friends along the way and because people will always tell me, right? Yeah. Like, they'll be like, oh, you forgot this thing. And usually I didn't forget it. Usually I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, so, but but that's not always true, right? Like, inevitably, you know, again, I didn't grow up in Belgrade. I didn't grow up in Marseille. I didn't grow up in Amsterdam. So inherently, there's going to be things that I don't know about. And it's so cool to have that interactive part from people around the world and the fans of the club that say, oh, well, yeah, but make sure you do this because it's really important. It's like part of the culture. Right. And so I get to learn about those things along the way and then I can make little changes as we build it. And it's yeah, it's just super fun, man. You can't know 100 years or whatever. Most clubs are pretty old, right? Years of history and know every single detail. So you got to need a little bit of help. Right. That makes sense. Right. Like I can research it. You know, and I'm, I'm not. I'm totally capable of that, but inevitably there's going to be things that I won't find. So you'll find yeah. folklore. I mean, you won't find folklore. Like right. you won't find the, the right. inner stories, the inner circle stories. Yeah. Yeah. So here Very you go. cool. Yeah. So that one's got the light posts with the, with the building and the grade change and the player tunnel and all that good stuff. And, and how, how detailed are you looking to make, Things like the stands, the chairs, the, you know, field. So, yeah, so the stands and the chairs um, are not physically modeled. They're they're just flat surfaces in real life. Um, And it's just it just comes down to the scale. Right. Like if I was doing these like two or three times bigger, then I would do all the steps for each row of seats and I would do chairs. But because these are so small, you just at some point there's details that you can't do. For me, though, it's not it's a representation, right? At the end of the day, it's not meant to be a perfect replica. It's meant to be 
an emotionally evoking piece of art. And so as long as I'm getting that response out of people, I feel like I've succeeded. Um, whether it includes every little detail or not isn't necessarily the point. Right. And I feel like the average fan is going to be so thrilled that you are making, they understand the amount of, just by looking at it, you understand that, the, you know, someone put their blood, sweat, and tears into making one of these, right? You put a lot of time and effort. And so they, they right away would never be like, oh, you're missing the third row on this like, side. Like, no, it's not. No, no. It's, no, it's, and, and it's never like that. And, but of course, there's a balance there too, because, right, it's like, I, I aim to evoke those emotions and I aim to bring that out of people. And so I take very seriously my responsibility to be as accurate as I can be. Right, of course. But in terms of like the actual little pieces and how do we how do we represent those pieces? Some of them are a little bit more detailed than others because of, you know, where they sit on the stadium or and everyone's different, right? Like I'm thinking about like um the San Siro, right? You have to have those 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 circular ramps on the outside and if it was just like a flat piece that just looked like it had a ramp that wouldn't be good enough right that's an iconic feature of that stadium that right exactly on, so right? right so it's about you know for me it's about doing my research and and taking those things seriously so that the representation speaks the way it's meant to speak yeah that makes sense do, do you have pictures of the completed one for this one if, if not i can also add them later and post edit but of the uh, you mean like you mean like photos of the of the actual model? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's sitting right next to me. Maybe oh. I can grab it. Really quick. Even, barely even better, yeah. yeah. That's what we're here for, man. I didn't know where it was. I didn't want you to go after and look for it, and you know. Oh, yeah, no, 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 she's right here. Right, let me can we switch back to uh, you as oh, the yeah, main yeah. screen? Let me do a this stop is gonna, share yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm home. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if you can see, but we, I just started adding all the trees up on yeah, this. Right. Yeah. So the whole, the, all the trees will be there by the, by the time it's done. Uh, we even got, you probably can't see it on the video, but there's a, you can see there's a, the little buses in there. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, right well. next to the player's <laughs> entrance. And yeah, there's a couple of little tricks still to come that we were, I was telling you about. I can't wait. I'm really excited about that one. That one for me is obviously the most special, but like I've seen a, a lot of your work and I really like, I like the Amsterdam one really. That oh, one seemed you. like a, a hard one, right? There's so much levels of detail to that one. It's such an iconic stadium. It takes that one take took a really long time, and in fact, if you're interested, I'll pull up that. Yeah, let's do 3D it. Model, so you can see how detailed it really is. Um, yeah, man, that one, that one's super deep. That one, I think, despite you know my obviously my bias to my own team, that one might be the best one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, Really detailed. It, is there a community of people that are also doing this that you can kind of talk with as well? Because I imagine it's a very niche thing, right? 
Well, the, there's actually a, a very, very big community of people who do the things I do in terms of fabrication. Um, there's not a lot of people doing little stadiums like this. There are some. I'm certainly not the only person. Um, right, because whenever you go to a visit a stadium, you see someone else. Like usually, they have a model stadium, so someone had to design that and made that, right? Exactly. But in terms of um, in terms of like the the methods that I'm using, there's all kinds of people doing all kinds of things that are using the same methods, right? So I use you know I use architectural model making techniques, which have been around forever. Um, I'm using 3D printing now. I'm using some laser cutting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, basic kind of architectural fabrication. And in terms of that, there's all kinds of resources and all kinds of people doing cool stuff out there. So it's it's pretty easy to get the help that I need in terms of like learning more about it. Right. Um, my, big, my big challenge most recently was trying to figure out how to get the frames and the tops to have color on them so that they look like it's the same color. Um, that's not that's not on the Maracana for a couple of different reasons. But for example, I recently the ones that we sent to um to Glasgow, those were autographed by Steven Gerard and yeah, James. Yeah, I Hebb. saw that. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we started to add like you know the color palette on the outside edges so that the clubs can get them autographed. Right. Smart. Smart. So what would you say are the biggest improvements you've made since your earlier designs? Obviously, you've been learning a lot along the way. It, it, for me, it's about getting faster. Um, I mean, you know, before I, before I went to architecture school, I didn't know 3D printing. I didn't know Photoshop all that well. So, I mean, I was okay, but I, learning the tools and learning the fabrication methods takes me so much further. Right. So I'm so grateful that I went to school for this stuff, because even though I'm probably not going to go into like traditional architecture, I, I still got so much out of that in order to make my stuff better. And like. I oh, wait, wait, you cut out. Did you? No, I think you might have muted yourself accidentally. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying, like, going to school made made me so much better at this in terms of accuracy, in terms of doing them faster, um, understanding things like the topography, right? Like we were talking about like the slope that the Marcana sits on and, and how to do that, not just in the digital model, but actually physically make it. Yeah. Architecture school was the thing to do. So I'm really really grateful that i did that because i learned so much in terms of those things specifically yeah because before that you said you made stadiums when you were like younger right but you didn't have any 3d printers and is that the stuff you bought recently obviously that's a bigger investment and you know learning that stuff yeah. is a time investment yeah yeah but i but but again like that's all this but that's all from architecture school right like they do all kinds of 3d printing and you're doing like prototyping or you're making little pieces for your model with the 3D printers. Um, and yeah, that comes directly from architecture school. That's really cool. I, I, you know, I think I really like is when people find another way to still be involved in, in kind of sports and things that are really hard to get into. You don't have, not everyone in the world, you know, has the left foot of Messi, the, you know, the, <laughs> you can play for Barcelona, but there's always a way if you really love soccer, if you really love football, whatever you want to call it, 
you can go through so many routes, whether media, whether, you know, architecture, whether whatever, social media content, doesn't matter. There's always a way, I feel. No, of course. It, it, and it's funny because I look at it and I say to myself, you know, there's how many people in the world that have gone to architecture school and can do what I do? L plenty of people could do what I do. I'm just the one who chose to do it. Yeah, they have <laughs> to decide the if they want to do it. That's right. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, yeah, probably. There's also obviously a level of skill and, you know, artistry to it that, you know, not sure. everyone has, right? No, but I'm saying like of all the people who go to architecture school, there's plenty of other people that can do this. You know, it's not like the, it's not like there's something super special about what I'm doing. It's um, I, I just chose to do it. So it's kind of that's really it. Well, that's beautiful. Um, you're moving to Amsterdam for a master's, I, am. I, I believe. So no, I, obviously... well, I just I just finished the master's degree. So I'm moving oh, to did. Amsterdam. I'm moving to Amsterdam to launch the business. Whoa, that's awesome. I thought you were going there for school. But so school was online, I assume, or? or... Well, no, I was in school in Ohio for the last oh. couple of years. And then we well, we finished the master's program online. I got gotcha. you. Because of COVID. But other than that, no, I've been in school. Right. So what's the next, let's say, big, maybe you, I mean, you actually don't want to give, give this to me, but <laughs> what's the next big thing you can improve on these stadiums? What are you looking to make better? Obviously, you saw talk about flares. You talk about like these little yeah. cinematic additions, I guess. Yeah, my thing is interactivity. Um I want to build out more ways for people to interact with them so that they're not just a static thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the static part is nice because, again, you know, I build them so that you can hang them on your wall and it can be like a little piece of art in your man cave or your TV room or wherever you right. watch the games. Um, you know, you can put them on your desk if you've got space for them. But interactivity, I think, is really cool because it, it just speaks so directly to the content that we're talking about. Sure, right? of course. It's about community. It's about camaraderie. It's about our families and our friends and all these things. And so to make them a little more interactive is always something that I'm looking for. It's a, it's a big challenge to do that on a miniature scale. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to improve that. But the next thing I'm really looking to do is I'm looking to find other people like me, not necessarily people that are making models, but people who are doing interesting, unique sports related art. And I would really like to start to like build out a community of people specifically in Europe um, who are doing things that are outside the box, that are different from what we normally see, you know, from the team's Twitter accounts or Instagrams or whatever. Because there's lots of people out there who are doing really cool stuff that should get noticed. And I'd really like to start building that community. That's awesome. Is the reason you're moving to Amsterdam then because like you love the place, love the city, love the club, and you want to, you think there's a better chance of finding this community there, whereas opposed to, I think you're in Ohio, you said, right? Um, yeah, that's a, that's part of it. I, I always knew that I want, well, first of all, I lived in, I lived in, um, in the UK about 10 years ago i i've traveled europe i've spent more time in europe than anywhere else besides america and so and i love it and i always knew that i wanted to go back to europe i lived in italy for a little while um and amsterdam is just my favorite place really that's awesome <laughs> yeah how's I your dutch <laughs> uh head you're, learn, 
Okay, so I can't. I don't know Dutch, so I'm gonna assume you spoke Dutch. <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's just such. I I find it such a wonderful place. It's so pretty. The people are so friendly. Um, they speak English, which makes it easier, you know. And I'm and I'm learning Dutch, but you know, to move to a place that speaks no English is like a really Tough. monumental, like emotional thing. Yeah. So it makes the decision a lot easier because they speak English so well. Um, yeah, and and culturally, I really dig it. You know, there are parts of America and all over the world that I don't really want to be a part of culturally. And I find that the Dutch culture is just so wonderful in the sense that they, they're so serious about live your life and be happy and do the things that make you happy and do whatever that is, as long as you're not hurting someone else. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, that just works really well for me. Um, you know, who's to say what's the best or what's the worst? It's not about that, right? It's about each of us individually finding our own happiness. Yeah, and you so, won't know until you get there. That's always life yeah, about experimenting, exactly. figuring out if that is what you wanted. Maybe you get there and it's not what you wanted, but you you don't know that right. you take that step, right? For, from exactly. A, from a business standpoint, is this something that you think is scalable or do you still want to keep it as like you make every design from scratch? And Have you been given that any thought? I'm Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it. I think that eventually i i still want to have i, I want to maintain some level of control over that over the over top line like designs and and how we're doing everything but it but it is also scalable i don't know if it's scalable to the point that we're you know amazon because certainly not right but there's a balance to be struck there and and this is also kind of part of what i just said about meeting other creative minds in the sports world is there is always going to be new possibilities to collaborate and to do things together and get a new idea, know, get a new, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be physical. And that's the other cool thing about doing these things, you know, in a digital format first in order to make the model right. is that now I have a digital model of it and we could turn them into renderings and we can do animations and there's all kinds of different avenues that we can go down. So I've, I'm keeping an open mind about all of that. It's a great question. I don't have a perfect answer for you yet, but it, yes, but the, but the short answer is yes. This is all stuff I'm thinking about like as often as possible. Right. And another thing I see that you're doing is content, obviously on YouTube. Have you been giving that any thought about you know creating videos around maybe not even YouTube, social media as well, creating videos around your designs and stuff like that? Yeah. So it, it, this is also a really interesting balance where it's like. You know, when I'm in my workshop and I've, I've got my music on, I'm working on a model like that's my zone. Sure. And it's not and it's not that I'm like a really private person. But there's just something weird about like showing everybody that right. part, you know, it's one thing to show everybody the pro the final product or even like the product as it's going. But like live video while I'm working, there's a part of me that's like. This is too weird. <laughs> yeah. But you're I think, alone, but, I, but you're not alone, right? It's like this. Right, it's exactly. Like, yeah. But I think there's but I think that there are ways to do it. I haven't quite honed in on it yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's important. And I think that going forwards, it's kind of one of those things that's necessary to to 
continue to build a brand and to build an audience and to to give people more insight because I know that people want to see that. Yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's interesting, like, right? Good content. Yeah, it's but it's just a watch. question of like how do you deliver that content in a way that is engaging, but also I don't feel like I'm have someone looking over my shoulder all the time. <laughs> yeah, that pressure or the, the thought of, you know, you're doing this in front of thousands or something. Or yeah, like, you know. Even it's if like it's not, even if it's 10 people, thing. it's like it's weird, right? But there's <laughs> right, a fun, yeah, but the, like the problem is there's a fun it. element to streaming because, like, we have done streaming. You've done right. streaming. It's a fun element with having, like, someone to interact with as you're doing it. Maybe even makes the process more enjoyable. So it's like, uh, totally. Fun, right. <laughs> and, what, and, and honestly, all these things have been, like, kind of on the back burners because I was finishing school. I mean, I literally, I, I finished my thesis a few weeks ago. So wow. congratulations. Yeah. So it's all like really new. And, and now that that's done, now I can really focus on all these things. And, and especially once I land in Amsterdam, which is only like I, I land in two weeks. Wow. So yeah. So once I arrive that it's going to be a really like, okay, let's get going here and start to answer these questions. You're not going to have a summer off and I have summer vacation. I'll give myself a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> the season's starting. You're going to go to a bunch of games, I assume. Why not? Uh, listen, you know, well, part of it's COVID and, you know, so this, in fact, this is a really, this is a really interesting question. And can, can we pose a question to your audience? Because I have, yeah, a, I have a very important question. Okay. Of course. So I would love for everybody who's watching this to respond in the comments. I am, I'm familiar with Europe. I love the game. I've lived in the UK and I've lived in Italy, um, but all of the big matches, right? The Liverpool United, the Classicer, Bayern and Dortmund, uh, Dortmund and Schalke, Ajax Feyenoord, the Eternal Derby, all of these games. I've never been to any of them. Oh, really? No, I've wow. never been to any of the any of the the marquee games. So there's a part of me that says, even once I arrive, maybe I should wait until the stadiums are 100% capacity again. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can experience the in its entirety what it's supposed to be, right? Right, what it's really supposed to be. So I would love to hear the comments from your audience like what if you if if you if i was your friend and you were offering me advice coming to europe and and i want to go to every game what would you recommend would you say you know go to some of the regular normal day-to-day -day games and save the big ones for the full house or would you say just start going i would sure love some, some insight yeah i'd um, love some insight my podcast is variety, so we'll see how many people are, you know, football fans. But it's hey, cool. I'm sure there's some. I mean, football is the biggest sport in the world. I'm sure we can get a few comments. Exactly. <laughs> um, I know you're doing some streams that I really like the idea. It was like a, a stream with fans from different clubs, where you're trying to get to know the history of the of the club through its most like sacred people, its fans, right? And yeah. uh, I, I thought we would end on I would tell you a little story of Belgrade because that's what you wanted. You you believe? Yes, you please. Me. So I was going to, I was, I can't find the video, but if you, maybe I'll pull it up like an edit of Red Star Belgrade versus Glasgow 2007 when I was a kid coming back to Serbia. I was, man, maybe like 10, 11. It was one of my first trips back to Serbia after I moved to Canada. And I remember going to the game and 
I didn't know too much at the time. You know, I, I liked the club, obviously. I was a big fan. I just was excited to be watching European football. It was, I think, one of my first games that I watched. And it was a Champions League qualifier, third round against Glasgow Rangers. We lost the first game against Glasgow away. At home, we needed to get one goal to get at least penalties. And this was a, a heart heartbreaking evening, let's say, of football because... The club was not in a good place. The, the, the problem is, when I was a kid, the club was winning and competing for Champions League trophies. They won the trophy in uh, 91. They are only yep. one of two teams in Eastern Europe to win a Champions League. The other team being from Romania, Bucharest. So my dad, when he described the club to me when I grew up, I was like, I had this like, you know, romantic version of what I thought it would be. Like, oh my God, we had the best players on the planet. We had some of the most talented people you know, on earth and because certain laws and certain rules, you know, during the old days in Yugoslavia, I go to the club and our best player at the time was like a 34 year old Serbian player that was like coming back to get free money because like he knows he can retire there comfortably (laughs) and they're not playing an amazing Glasgow Rangers side. You know, it's, it's, it wasn't the best quality of football. And after 90 minutes of, I would describe pretty boring football, maybe like one or two chances I was just devastated. I was like, man, we can't even qualify for Champions League. This is a team that won the Champions League. Right, right. However, the atmosphere, the fans were what made the experience so memorable. After the game, they stayed for an hour and a half. So they started singing from the beginning or an hour before the game to an hour and a half after the game. To me, that was just such a, a beautiful moment of like, it is what it is. We, don't, we can't control the result. We can't control what happened. But we can enjoy the atmosphere. We can be together. A football in Eastern Europe is a very different thing than Western Europe. It's a place to release the stresses of life. You know, It's not the yeah, best. Of course. So to me, it was a very unique experience. And I think when my answer to your question is when you do get a chance, that's the first game you got to go to. That's like the, the Belgrade Derby, like Red Star Partizan. There's no bigger game in Eastern Europe than that one. So... Listen, I man. Give you a Derby Day story. From what I from what I understand, and I, you know, again, while I'm not European, and while I am American, I do pride myself on doing my research. From what I understand, there might not be a Derby in the world that can compare to the Eternal Derby. Yeah. That's pretty and good. I intend, <laughs> and I intend to find out for myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really excited for your move to Europe. If I'm still here, who knows? Maybe we'll meet in Belgrade, go to the game, or, or we'll meet in Valencia, or we'll meet or somewhere Valencia, in the middle. Amsterdam. I'm fine with any of those places. Believe <laughs> Absolutely <it or> not. <laughs> um, David, I really enjoyed talking to you. Let me know if there's anything you want to plug. Tell people where to go, what what you're doing, stuff like that. Yeah, man, no, I really appreciate you having me. It's a super fun conversation. I always love these 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 are the conversations it's all about because it's not just about, oh, you know, oh, did you see the game this week? Like this was a real Or it's not one of those like, you know, cookie cutter, you know, magazine reviews. Right, right. Yeah. Like I'd like to actually get into the the meaty meaty part of it. No, this was super this was super duper good, man. Um if anybody's out there that's interested, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Stadiums for Ants, uh, also Instagram Stadiums for Ants, and my website, www.stadiumsforants.com. 
if anybody has questions, feel free. Um, my DMs are open. I don't always see them right away, but I try to respond to everybody. So any any questions, comments, um, requests for the next project, anything like that, man, get at me. I would love to talk to people. And yeah, it comes, like I said, it comes back down to the same thing, man. It's about making friends and, and that's definitely the coolest part. So bring, them, bring on the friend. Beautiful. <laughs> I can't think of a better outro than that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Nelly.